with Aaron Cowd. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal, glad to have you along for the next hour. We'll hit those high school uh, fast pitch results yesterday. It's 4A1. It's starting to come into focus where everybody's going to finish up. Uh, the Elkettes with the big win and also got a little help from uh, 40 miles to the east yesterday that looks like they can take care of business tomorrow they will avoid a play-in series to get into the regional tournament so there's that college football man it's the topic uh, not only in this state it feels like around the country a uh, more fallout from bedlam let's dissect it a little bit more than what we did yesterday as far as you know some of the arguments you're starting to hear <clears throat> mike gundy will play some sound from him about his thoughts interesting that uh, he came prepared uh, when he doesn't care that's uh, kind of an odd thing uh, but there's a lot of questions uh, about benefiting both schools. Does it really matter whose fault it is? I'm sure it does to the fan bases uh, but for some weird reason, but the truth of it is it's, it's not going to be played for a while. So, But does it matter to you out there? Um, I, I think the, one of the biggest question marks in this whole thing is on the Oklahoma State side. Who is going to step into that gap and fill the rival uh, the main rival that will be left with Oklahoma leaving. And how much of a concern could that be? We talked at length last week. One of the major problems that Nebraska has right now is the fact that they don't really have a rival. And, and of course, there's recruiting problems there as well. But what are they selling? So that's something to talk about. And then, man alive, are these games not going to be nasty the next two years? Uh, and I do say two because the SEC released their uh, conference schedule yesterday. Oklahoma and Texas were not on it. Uh, so is that a, a glimpse into the fact that there's going to be two more years? Also, staying within college football, let's relook at the Big 12. After non-conference play is basically over, conference play is going to start. I know Kansas and West Virginia have played, but uh, the conference schedule really kicks off this week. Uh, would you change your conference title game if you could uh, from what the results you've seen? And then also uh, around the country, would you change your final four? Uh, Aaron Judge went deep last night for number 60. Is this one of the most historic hitting seasons we've ever seen? And also uh, I heard Jim talking about the fair, and it got me to thinking about the fair. Do you Are you a fair goer? And if so, what is your favorite meal? I've got some new things uh, pulled up here from the State Fair of Oklahoma that you might want to try if you're headed up to the fair. So that's kind of what we've got on our minds. Also uh, update that Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em standings. Look at the games maybe uh, this week as well. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to KADSAM.com. Download the app. The app's got it all. Three radio stations. It's got the Penny News. Brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight. Go check out all the deals online, thepennynews.com. Or 
start picking up free copies of the Penny News and the print edition coming up here uh, very, very shortly this afternoon into tomorrow. Big Elk TV and Paragon TV. Uh, Big Elk TV offline this week with the Elks having a buy to start district play, but uh, that won't be the case with uh, Hollis and also Merritt on a Paragon TV Friday night with their games. Uh, Hollis is non-district. Merritt starts the district uh, with Thomas. Uh, no, 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 no. They go to uh, Moreland. Moreland. Um, Sarah and Thomas is what we talked about yesterday. Uh, also, Skinny on Sports Podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you can go check it out. Um, the KADSAM.com and iTunes. Hello, Jared. How many times do you think on Friday – between say six thirty and ten, you get a text of, "I can't get the stream to work, guys." I've, I've had that a couple on bye weeks. Oh, nobody ever. Really? I've had that a couple times, but they're from out of towners who aren't paying attention. Oh, you mean like oh? You because mean they like, think they just they're I gotcha. just program that. I thought you meant like the like Blake. No, Say, no, 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 no. I can't no, get the no. street to work. No, no. Okay. Those in-house know. They know. I mean, obviously, we don't have I a coach in or player. trouble. No, no, That's no. no. I, oh, to hey, watch way, Big Elk. I, I forgot. We're going to have Leland on. Leland Searcy to update oh, us great. with officials versus cancer. I forgot about that in the rundown. Awesome. Uh, we're going to have him on at 930. So we got that coming, too. Oh, today? Uh, yeah, today. Whoa. Absolutely. Oh, well, well, great. Well, that's great. It's a nice surprise. Yeah, uh... I don't know if I've ever had anybody ask me that or not. I've had a couple. I've had a couple. Mainly, uh, the main person would be the same person I was concerned that would not be able to find the NFL game last Thursday. Your dad. Uh, my dad. <laughs> and I'll probably get it again this Thursday. Or Friday. but Or and Thursday. But uh, I'm just curious. No, nah, I don't think I've ever had that. I've had it a couple. But again, it's from out-of-towners who are uh, more concerned about their Big Elks, about our Big Elks than their own team. So let me ask you this: um, with the with the Friday off, you got any got any thoughts about going to the fair? Not at all. Do you not go to the fair? No, you're just not a fair guy. I've been to the Texas State Fair more than the Oklahoma well, State Fair. But you haven't gone to the fair. You've gone to a game that had the fair around it. I went with enough time to enjoy the fair. I bet that's you're not going for the fair. So you you just don't want to go to the fair. No matter where it's at. Sorry. Not a fair guy. No, unless I have to. What would constitute you having to? Well, way back, uh, I went, I mean, way March back. March in the band? No, I Y'all actually never got to had, I had a, when I was in grade school, I was in 4-H, mm-hmm. and I, I was really into photography, and I submitted some pictures that I took, and I I got uh, to the Custer County Fair, and I got first place of whatever division I was in. And so, therefore, I was entered into the state fair where it was on display. So we went to go check out my pictures. <clears throat> That's why we've gone. Same reason, yeah. except for growing vegetables. Mm, okay. Uh, Wyatt actually won prizes at the state fair within the last few years uh, with growing vegetables. That's big time. Different, uh, different, different things. Different years. Uh, the fair is one of those things that you go. I, I, I think there's two different fairs. I think if you go on the weekends or on Friday, it's not as much fun. Nope. If you can go like on like tonight, if you go on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I guess Wednesday, but whatever, like you know, in, in, in the during the week nights, 
I think you'd have a little bit more fun. So what I'm hearing is it's <clears> not <throat> so much it, it's the crowd. The crowd. It's the, I, I, it's yeah, the, yeah, it's oh the certain crowds that are there. And just the amount yeah. of people. Because here's yep, the real yeah. reason I'm going to the fair. One to look at the kid, to look at my kids' exhibit, mm-hmm. and two to eat the, the food. Right. That's the only reason I want to go is to eat. Does does uh, going to the fairgrounds in March count? <laughs> no, they don't have the same food. <laughs> Yeah, if they had. Although the, they still have a really good concession stand. Yeah, not there like in the this. big house. Not like this. Um, before I get a text, so, so it, but let's pretend like you're going to go to the fair. Is there something that you absolutely have to have, food wise? A uh, funnel cake, maybe. Funnel cake yeah. is exactly what was texted to me. I'm it's not a, a big. Uh, you know, every year they come out with a new variety of food. I've got it pulled up right here. Okay, and like. I guess I'm stingy. I'm like, all right, if I'm going and this is my one time here a year, I don't feel like spending money on experimental food. Like, what is one of them? Um, pickle pizza, I think, was one yeah. of them. I like pickles. But when I eat pizza, I want to eat pizza. Not, You know what I mean? So, It's amazing how I'll many get, pizzas I'll, on a stick there are at that yeah, fair. At the I'll, fair. I'll get the uh, the surefire things, the, the, the hand-dipped corn dogs, the funnel cl- cake, Stuff like that. See, the answer at the Oklahoma State Fair has been mentioned now twice on our Indian tacos. Go ahead on our uh, text line, and that answer is the cinnamon rolls. Yep, yep. See, I mean, sure, it's the sure first thing things. you can smell it's, when you get out of your car. Yeah. It's like, oh, cinnamon rolls. But here's the problem: when you go on the weekends, that line is clear to the big house. Yeah, and you don't want any part of that. Right. Okay. So here's some new. Let's, let's kind of some see the, what you the new food. Some of the new food that you might like. Okay. Apple pie churro bites. Oh, that sounds good. What that is, it's uh, apple pie churro bites or fluffy bite-sized donuts filled with apple pie and caramel sauce. Now, that sounds pretty good. That sounds good. Here's an adventurous one, courtesy of the Pioneer Wagon. The alligator corn dog. Alligator meat is mixed with seasonings formed with sausage dipped in batter fried to perfection. Alligator corn dog. Don't think I've ever had alligator. I have. I know I have. What's it taste like? Chicken. Doesn't everything taste like chicken? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> for, I've had frog legs. You know, Alligators in there. I mean, I'm uh, thinking reptile. You know, I'm think. Is there any comparison? Frog legs has that kind of chicken fishy mixture mm-hmm. into it. I wonder if alligator tastes like that. Similar. Okay. I would say. I mean, depending on what the spices are. I mean, you can. Well, yeah. With the black, and I've had it blackened. Seems like I've had it fried. All right. Next, giant. Banana split pie. Cram cracker uh, crust. Scoop of banana, chocolate brownie, and strawberry pie. Uh, Yeah. Here's one. Frozen brown sugar sweet tea. I love sweet tea. Sweet tea's good. I don't know about the frozen. Frozen, yeah. What is that, like a... What do you call those? Those lemonade... Frozen treats you can get at the concession stand here at the ball yeah. games. Is it something like that? I wonder. That's what I'm wondering. Hmm. Almost like a sweet tea snow cone. Yeah. Once it starts melting a little bit or something. Huh. All right. Snake bite nachos. Also with the Pioneer Wagon. Crispy chips topped with savory nacho sauce and pieces of their award winning rattlesnake sausage. It's actual rattlesnake? Rattlesnake sausage. I just thought snake bite was just just uh, award winning rattlesnake sausage. Oh, wow. By the way, 
technically, if you're award winning, you should tag that on everything you do. Yeah, right? my, and might as well start start putting it in <laughs> to other yeah. things like nachos. Yeah, you know. Uh, like we are sorry. The award winning Big Oak TV will not be on air Friday <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but maybe well, the first time I just thought that'd be something like really, really hot nachos. Nope, it's got it's, rattlesnake it's in it. It's actual rattlesnake meat and venom sauce. What are what venom sauce is? That might be where the heat component comes. I would imagine. Brought to you by the uh, the mini mina blueberry pie, deep fried handmade blueberry pie, blueberry pie, crisp flaky crust filled with blueberries, perfect balance of sweet and tart, enjoyed alongside a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Sounds good. Does sound good. Well, a la mode. There. Here you are like with it. the pickled pizza, located at yeah. Pizza on the Stick. Freshly made dough with a special dill sauce, cheeses, dill weed, then covered with dill pickles. That's too much Seems pickle. like a lot of pickle, and I like pickles. Too, I like pickles. I think that could be either really good or just too much. It sounds like it's too much. And I am picky about pizza, too. I you know, I know they make hamburger pizza and uh, different types. Like, listen, pizza's pizza. I want my uh, I want my marinara. I want my mozzarella and my, my various toppings. So that, I, uh, I might pass on the pickle pizza. Hey, hey, hey Jared. Hey, yes, Jared. Tyler. Yes. Here's one. Here, here's what I like: hot Cheetos loaded fries. <laughs> you know, that's I like loaded fries. I love right? loaded fries. That's that's. I think that's been there before. It's brand new. Sounds. It's brand new. <clears throat> Sounds familiar. Hot Cheetos and French fries fill up the spicy and savory creation at the Bokey Sirloin Hut. Man, bring your in acids. Hey, Jared. Eat a bunch of those. They go on some rides. <laughs> Aqua frescas, da da da, coconut shrimp, deep fried cookie, deep fried cookie dough. And then, in case you missed last last year's, there was uh, elk sausage corn dog. Hey, there you go. Instead of alligator, it was elk last year. Rattlesnake sausage corn dog. There you go. That's where the award winning came in. And then ghost pepper tater tots. If you really want to oh, light yourself on fire, ghost pepper tater tots. So after all this, I guess you're not going to the fair. That's no, what I, no. That's what I'm going to get out Again, of this. Again, if, uh, if I have to, I, will. I probably won't either. But if I do, cinnamon roll <clears throat> is absolutely number one on the list for me at well, the Oklahoma you know, State maybe Fair. Maybe since. And, um, then a, and then if you could mix in a. a, a, a what time does the fair open? Cake, that'd be good too. Do you know what time they open the gates up? I literally just clicked off of okay. it. Okay. I probably could have told you. Well, since we don't play on Friday, maybe we can get a pass from work and just go as early as we can on Friday. You and me, go check out the food, come back with a rating on Monday. We could leave right after the show. I mean, I don't understand what's wrong with this idea. I think the big boss man will have a problem with that. I don't think so. It's it's for research. It's for the show. I think this is a wonderful idea. (laughs) Beat the crowd. Yeah. 10 a.m. There you go. Have we lunch pull, at the fair. Yeah, yeah, lunch at the fair. It's too bad we're not in, like, Yukon. This is a great idea. <laughs> but a little bit longer trip. I'm planting the seed. It's just Wednesday. I just, like where you're at. Okay. Hey, uh, Ju- Aaron Judge went deep last night, number 60. I knew that he had, uh, obviously, the home runs, and you figure RBI come along with that, too. But do you realize that at this po- at this moment in time, he in, not only is he – about to break the American League record for home runs, and in my mind, the, the Major League Baseball record for home runs in a season because uh, the other one's cheated, um, at least you know, in modern times. 
But he's also ahead in all three triple, triple crown categories right now. And in the modern game, I, I guess Miggy did it in, what, 2012? I think it was the last triple crown with uh, Miguel Cabrera. But still, I mean, Judge, where is this going to rank in all-time seasons? I was looking through some different things. And, and once again, I'm not counting, I'm, no offense, I'm not counting Barry Bond's seasons in the 2000s because his head was the size of a watermelon. I'm not doing it. So you go back to like Babe Ruth. Uh, one year, I think it was 1921, he hit 59 home runs, 378, and knocked in 177. That's a pretty decent season. Yeah. The 59 home runs are more than like four teams, four or five American League teams. And that wasn't even the year he set the record at 60. I mean, if you go back and look at some Babe Ruth seasons, you can see some crazy numbers. But I just, and you know what's sad? Is I bet there's a bunch of people listening to us that like sports clearly because they're listening to sports talk radio that may not have heard that Aaron Judge hit number 60 until I uttered those words just a second ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's on my notes here. It's not getting enough attention. It's sad. This should have been billed up as must-see TV last night. They should somehow put it on national television. I don't know if it was or wasn't because it was not billed up. It's another fine example of how the MLB is horrendous at marketing their own product. It's a historic season, and you know where does it rank? I, I see that you know as far as this season, it's it's up there, and I'm with you. I don't consider the the steroid era as anything that should be considered uh, in this conversation. This is the post steroid era, then there is the pre steroid era, and uh, it and when you start putting those numbers side by side, I mean he's up there with some of the all time greats. We're watching a future Hall of Famer, and maybe the the one of the greatest ever to play, and he still has a lot of career ahead of him. It's pretty remarkable. Considering where the Yankees were before him, and, and let's face it, they were in a, in a lull. They were just kind of skirting by, sometimes winning their division, getting the playoffs, not get, not you know not hitting their expectations in, in the New York standard of what the Yankees are. They're about to get back there, and I think they could probably stay there if uh, Aaron Judge continues to do what he does. He is doing – what well, we thought Mike Trout would be doing with the Angels, and he's doing it in the pinstripes. Like it or, or love him or hate him, you got to respect what Mike or what a judge is doing. Yeah, and it matter. It just it it should matter. You you would think it would matter more to the to the entirety of the country because it is it in is New York, but it's York. not. But yeah, it's not. I know it's not doing any good. And and here's I mean it's it's interesting just on our text line. One could care less about it to be honest. And then the other is, why is this not getting uh, the love that McGuire, Bonds, and Sosa did? That's an interesting question, but at the same time, it's, it's because I think both of these, both this question and this answer go hand in hand with those two texts. Hmm. When you're talking about coming out of the strike, you know, baseball had to do something to revive its popularity that it had for all those years. I mean, it's amazing what has happened in, in two decades to Major League Baseball. I mean, it is gone. Whereas at that time, baseball was still America's pastime. You know, the, the those other things, the NFL was obviously um, 
becoming more popular, let's say. And it's in the in the height of the Jordan era in the NBA. But baseball still overshadowed all of that at that time in the summer of 98 with that home run battle between McGuire and Sosa. And then even and then Bonds came on a, a couple years later with his just ridiculous numbers. But even then, b- between, between the McGuire and Sosa thing and the Bonds, it wasn't, it wasn't as big a deal in that short period of time. And I think steroids has a bunch to do with this because nobody, for, for that, that, that period of time, when baseball started falling out of favor, it's because nobody knew what was real. And everybody's kind of just started, I think, considering it not real. These numbers aren't real. And baseball's all about the the history and the numbers of baseball. So it's the way to compare eras. And the eras weren't comparable because the guys weren't doing the same thing. And it's just, and then the marketing of it has just been atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. To the fact that when we've mentioned it a bunch of times, when you've mentioned Mike Trout, how many people, if he walks down the street, have any idea who Mike Trout is? Shohei Otani is doing things Babe Ruth didn't do from a pitching and hitting perspective combined. And he walks down the street and nobody knows who he is. And now you've got Aaron Judge about to break uh, one of the most mythical numbers in sports and nobody knows it either. It's just horrific, horrific marketing. By Major League Baseball, and it has been for quite some time. And I just don't know—I don't think they know what they're doing or what to do to try to get a little bit of that share back from uh, you know from the NFL mainly, uh, maybe even the NBA a little bit. But to get people back to to watching and loving baseball, I, just, I don't know what they can do. And but I know this better than what they're doing. Yeah, anything is better what they're doing. The the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa chase in the in, in that summer of ninety eight. Mm-hmm. I think the timing was perfect for that to happen. Oh, no doubt, coming and, off the strike. Coming off the strike, and MLB went full on. Okay, let's embrace this. Let's put this front and center. Let's make America fall in love with baseball again, and, and it and it and it worked. And some of the, and then right now. Just like the strike, there are fans that have never come back after '94. So I'm done with it. I think there's still some of that lingering with the post-steroid era, with the whole Barry Bonds controversy. That I think some fans, and you, you kind of, you said it. It's like, well, don't care. I, I, I don't care. The game was ruined for me because of how that was all handled back then. How MLB more or less still embraces Barry Bonds as a hero and and when the popular opinion is he's not he was a cheater and so i think some of that kind of lingers around too but that could all be snuffed out if the mlb knew how to market knew how to get in front of it if they had a pr guy somebody to know how to change that opinion about the mlb the the popular opinion right now is you got your your guys that are always going to love the game we love the game we'll watch it we understand it. We pay attention to it. But they're, they're the novice fans. Like, all I remember baseball about is uh, some dude shooting up in the locker room and then hitting a bazillion home runs juiced up. And that's still kind of lingering around. 
So they need a they. It, it all starts with marketing and, and a PR guy to get ahead of it, and, and they got it. And this was a great opportunity, and it still is a great opportunity. There's still time. We still have the postseason to look forward to. And can the Yankees and can he continue this tear through the postseason? It'd be a great, great opportunity for the MLB to try to thrust themselves to be front and center. It's a tough ask when you got the at the popularity of the NFL and uh, college football and, and what it's evolving into. And it's a tough ask in October, but it, it with the right marketing, it can be done. And it's a shame if they don't try. Or they got to try. Yeah, it's too late. I mean, I know that he hadn't actually hit those home runs yet, but it's too late. You don't have – there's not any buildup to it. There, there's not any – no one's invested in watching him have at bats because you haven't been able to watch him. Um, you know, and, and I think this is interesting. Uh, ESPN, think about how much more involved it felt like they were in Major League Baseball from Sports Center, especially. Think, I mean, who watches Sports Center anymore? But back then, even if you didn't see each at bat with McGuire and Sosa, you were damn sure tuned into Sports Center to see what happened. And guess what? It was the very first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they catered to you in that way. They were they were able, and so the. Sure, Major League Baseball totally embraced letting those guys do whatever they wanted to physically to their bodies in order to make the game more exciting. And and they got, like you said, with the timing, and it it all worked out nicely initially. But then I think it actually ends up hurting the product more than it helped because you're right, people do remember it, the ones that that are maybe not as close to it. But you know what else it did? The core baseball fans, it drove a bunch of them away. Because it it tore at the fabric of the game, you know, mm-hmm. and and it, this is exactly right. It's, it's what I'm about to say. You, you, I mean, think about when you're watching games, just any game, and then it, yeah. it, just watching a game, and then they would cut in for those at bats. All right, let's send it to let's send it to Wrigley. Uh, Sosa's up, you know. Send it to Bush Stadium. Here comes McGuire, and and that started when they were cleared, like in the mid 50s, heading towards 61. Mm-hmm. You know, and it felt like you got to see every single at bat, no matter because you did. Yeah, as long as you were watching a baseball game, you always got to see it, and that is just for one that's not on TV as much anymore. Other games that allow for that to happen, you know, and then as it got even closer, gosh, I mean, it it was just, and I think maybe if 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 baseball still embrace that number 61 as opposed to the 70s and the 73s and all that 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 happened during that time maybe there is uh more of a more of an amount of people want to watch it mm-hmm. but it's not and and you can't and it's you know you can't take away those home runs that those guys hit people saw them do it you know so it's it's, it's kind of a a lost cause to say, oh, yeah, 61s are still the record because of steroids. When people go, no, it's not. I saw Bonds hit it in the water out there at San Francisco over and over and over to get to 73. <clears throat> and there, there's also the the charm to it is gone. The charm to that number is gone because it was broken. Sure. You yeah. know, yeah. In, in 98, nobody had ever seen it. Or a bunch of people hadn't seen it. Since all the way back in 19... I mean, you're talking about 27 years later. And it, it was such a mythical number that that really... And it wasn't just 98. It also started, you know, for three or four years building to it for somebody to break it. Because, I mean, there was a heck of a run at it. 
the strike season. Matt Williams and Griffey Jr. both were in the 40s in June. When the strike, you know, you know, or, or you know what I'm saying. So there, there, it wasn't just that one season. There was a, there was a build toward it actually being broken, even though the strike interrupted some of that. Um, but yeah, and it's, baseball is dying. Uh, Major League Baseball is dying. Now it's hard for me to believe that baseball itself is necessarily dying when I can go out here, baseball and softball fields every weekend in the summertime, and it's just packed to the gills with teams playing. Kids are still playing the game, but the love for the major league part of it, it feels like it's completely out the window. And you're and it's being reflected in what we're seeing here with uh with nobody really caring all that much about Aaron Judge about to break uh, one of the most hallowed marks in, in Yankee baseball history. Uh, on on the field though, let but just let's talk about Judge. How many do you think he can get? How many games are left? Uh, like fourteen. I mean, could he get how, how how many more do you think he has in him? Eighty nine and fifty eight. He's passed this. That's Fifteen a, games. Sometimes you could see it of you know, he passed this mark, and that pressure's off. But he never looked like a dude that had the pressure on him to to break this mark. No, maybe that's a a positive of the less attention is like ah, not a lot of people really know what's going on here, <laughs> so I can just go up here and swing away. Yeah, but I think he's liable to get to sixty. Three, four, five, something like that. They can get around that mark. Yeah, I mean, fifteen games left. You know, he's on he's on that pace to hit. Now, yeah, probably four or five more, six more, something like that. I don't think he approaches seventy necessarily, but I, I do think he. Gosh, he'd be sad if he didn't get to sixty-two now, with fifteen games left. You know, that that feels like he's gonna he's gonna pass that. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say so. So you know, somewhere in that in, in the mid sixties. And yeah, no one's going to care. Joining us now is a guy that a bunch of you you folks will see on a f- random Friday night wearing a white hat out in the middle of the football field. It is a Mr. Leland Searcy. Leland, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going great. Going great. Uh, I'm just looking forward to some cooler weather tomorrow. <laughs> I bet so. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're all the way here to almost the end of September, and we've still got 100-degree 100, 100 weather up your way. Oh, absolutely! It's uh, it's really un, un, it's it's just not not uh, it, this summer has been kind of crazy. We didn't have much wind, and now now we're getting some wind, and and the heat dome just kind of hangs around, and so it, it, we know we, we we don't want it to go from go from summer to winter, and we've done that a few times, and it's not any fun. But hopefully, we'll have a little fall here coming pretty quick. Yeah, that's the the thing about it. Fall is by far my favorite of the seasons in Oklahoma because a lot of times the wind doesn't blow. It's nice and cool, but still warm enough to wear shorts. But you're right. There's years where where we don't even get to have that that season. So hopefully that's not where we're headed uh, this uh, this year. But man, it sure feels like it when it's still 100 degrees in the toward the end of uh, September. Tell us uh, how has your football season gone uh, so far? Now we saw you week one or week zero, I guess. Uh, down here in Elk City against Altus. So where else have you been uh, through your travels on Friday nights? Well, we were at uh, – uh, last week I lost I lost my game last week. We were supposed to have Western Heights and Ardmore, and uh, the, uh, the game – obviously Western Heights canceled their football. So we lost our game last week. But the, the week before that we were at Weatherford in the 20 to 19 ball game with uh, El Reno which was crazy uh you know 
it was just big play after big play, two block punts, and just a lot of stuff going on. And then, you know, the the, the thing about this heat we were talking about, that, that turf, everybody loves turf. And I'm telling you, from my standpoint, I, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And Elk City's field is, is, is one of the few exceptions in this part of the state that is smooth and it's, it's almost like working on a on a turf field. The tech turf is hot. It is, it is hot when it's 96, 98 degrees out there. And uh, but uh, yeah, we've we've had uh, we've had some decent games. You know, Elk City Altus was uh, week zero, and Elk City probably didn't play that, that good the first half, but thought they'd come around the second half a little bit. And and uh, just love love working for that staff at Elk City. Coach Hunt takes care of us. Uh, really, really great bunch of guys. I, I just think you guys are so fortunate to uh, have a group of people in your school that represent your football program in, in a way that they do. Gosh, I hope he's not listening. His his head won't be able to get out of his truck. His lifetimes. <laughs> this is his uh, going to the mailbox or stuff. Uh, in this hour, and, and he'll text us in a little bit, but now he does. Uh, listen, I've known that for uh, a lot of years. He was my golf coach in high school, and he's a, no no doubt a good dude. Hey, uh, update us uh, with the officials versus cancer. Where are you guys at uh, with that foundation, and, and what do you got going on? Well, uh, each each year in, in July, in our Oklahoma Officials Association annual meetings, uh, usually it's the, uh, it's the week before – the week before the All-State Games. So it's, well, this year I think it's the 23rd of July. We have our annual meeting, and it's uh, all the officials come together. And in that meeting, we'll have a general meeting, and it's basically new board members for OOA. And so that's basically our uh, – that's the one time a year that we'll have five, six, seven hundred people there at them, at them uh, OOA meetings coming and going. Uh, football meetings, football rules meetings are going on that week, Volleyball and fast pitch softball, and so anyway, we do our presentation to the Children's Hospital at that point. So our our fiscal year runs July one to June thirty, and uh, we do our presentation to uh, to them. And man, this year was just a tremendous year. And you guys know we uh, uh, Jim, Jim Traber come on board last year, and he's helped us promote and. Uh, on his on his platform there in Oklahoma City, uh, and you guys have obviously been really kind to me about helping me helping me uh, promote from from your platform in Western Oklahoma. And so we had a wonderful year. We we've been given seven to ten ten thousand uh, dollars to the Children's Hospital the first four years. Last year was a little bit better, and then this year we rung the bell. It was uh, we we donated thirty thousand seven hundred bucks to the to the Children's Hospital, and our, our money goes to, it's earmarked for cancer research. We feel like that that's where we, we need to invest our money so we can find cures for kids and kids going in there with cancer. So uh, it was just a tremendous year, and at that meeting, uh, that meeting that day, and, you know, we, we did our thing, and then we passed the hat. So something we just started doing this is our second year to pass the hat and we collected 1560 bucks last year well actually this is our third year so we collected 1500 the first year about 1700 the second year and this year you know and, and i've always said you know it takes a while for something like this to take a hold this is our fifth year 
we're starting our sixth year now. But we collected 67 almost $6,800 at that meeting. So people are starting to see that, uh, you know, what we say we're doing, we're doing. And I, I, totally, I totally get that. But uh, it's true. It's truly a blessing from those guys that, that donate and that, that have seen our vision of wanting to cure cancer for kids. And, you know, cancer, cancer cure is up to 80, 82, 83%. And 10 years ago, it was about 50%. So we're making headway. That's uh, that's where we're at, and and our campaign our campaign is rolling. Uh, uh, we're getting twenty dollar. We ask for twenty dollar donations. That's all we ask for. Now we get more from some people, but uh, it's uh, it, it's been a it's been a good start of the year, and and we're in year six, and it's really flown by pretty fast. Not gonna lie. One of my favorite things, Leland, is at the big house when you uh, when your organization uh, highlights. Uh, a couple of those kids um talk about that i mean the 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 personal impact that you've had with some kids and seeing uh, what shame what this has done for them well this goes back uh this goes back a long time so i have i have uh i have five kids and my youngest son is going to be 30 in in december all of them are great healthy healthy people and but when he was born uh, you know, when you have kids, the, the doctor, the hospital will tell you, you know, we'll do their blood checks and we'll know in a couple of weeks. And, and if you don't, if you don't hear no news, no news is good news, right? So <laughs> we, uh, uh, he was born on December 14th and, uh, we took him out of the hospital on like the 16th, went back into the hospital on the 18th. He had jaundice, no big deal. Put him back in there, put him under the light, get him going. Well, on January the 2nd, we got a phone call from the hospital and said, we need to get him to Children's. And so immediately, you know, we're thinking, you always think the worst, right? Mm -hmm. We go down there and they said, his blood come back a little bit, you know, like there were some possibilities here, but they rechecked it there and everything was fine. But the tour we took through that Children's Hospital Mm -hmm. took my breath away. There was, there's five, six-year-old kids, all of us 15-year-old kids. And it really took my breath away. So at that point, it's been in, in, in it's, it, that's things you don't forget, guys. I mean, those, those pictures are lost in my memory. And that was 29 years ago, almost 30 years ago. So anyway, uh, so we, we, we work with the Children's Hospital and they will, they will say, hey, we have a miracle. I, I ask for a miracle child. That's what we call them. Mm-hmm. And they come to the State Fair Arena at halftime of 6 o'clock game, whatever it is, on Saturday or Friday. And we tell their story. We tell their story about what they went through, what they, you know, where they're at in their lives now. And, and they, they rang the bell on a certain day and they're cancer-free. And those are the, we're celebrating their lives through our foundation. It really tugs at my heart to do that because it really, when we got to telling the stories, and I have to write those scripts uh, because the Children's Hospital gives me the information. And then they give me the parents' phone number. So I'll call the parents and I'll get their personal stories. And, and so we tell that story just like it, just like the parents want it. And it's pretty pretty powerful deal. So, uh, And, you know, we've never, we've never passed a plate at the State Fair Arena, but 
you know, we've, we've talked about it before, but it would take it would take a lot of people to do that. So I don't know how we're going to move forward on that, but uh, it is it is a very cool deal to watch those kids walk out there and tell their story and, and you know, hey, they're cancer-free because the Children's Hospital uh, treated them and, and they've got the doctors there to do it. So it's, it's pretty neat. Really neat deal. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it's the highlight of the weekend uh, each and every year at those state tournaments. Hanging out with uh, Leland Searcy, Officials versus Cancer uh, is the foundation. How do people get involved? I mean, the, the stories uh, are awesome, and, and nobody listening uh, wants in, in any child to have to go through that. But the truth of it is they have to. So how do people get involved to make that 82 83% go up even higher and into hopefully 100% at some point? Well, that's our, that, you know, that's uh, that's our that's our goal. One hundred percent of the kids that are treated walk out of there, you know, cancer free. Uh, what we do is uh, we we have a Venmo account. They can Venmo us their twenty bucks, and all they got to do is uh, get on their Venmo account, and they, you know, we're, we're asked where we can send it to. Just access OK Officials VS Cancer. Uh, that's our that's our that's our foundation name is Oklahoma officials but we abbreviate it okay officials vs cancer and they can give their 20 bucks and uh, so uh, you know and or or the people that know me uh, I have I have strategically partnered I've strategically placed my my committee across the state you know and I've got guys in Oklahoma City I've got guys in in uh, in uh, northeast southeast southwest and, and uh, I don't know if you guys know Daryl Teal He's Mountain View. He's a basketball official, and he's he's on that committee. He's on that committee. He supports us from Southwest Oklahoma. But anytime you see an official, all you got to do is go, "Hey, you know, how do I get a hold of Leland?" And I I can give you my phone number on this on this show if needed. It, you know, it, because I don't mind people calling me and asking me questions about it. Sure. Because before they send their money, you know, they need to know where it's going, and uh, and if they need need any information, they can call me. My number is five eight zero two seven three zero five five zero, and and I can I can guide them to the right spot, and I can tell them exactly what we're doing and and uh, detail it if they need it. So it's it's been it's been something that I didn't have any idea when we started this in two thousand seventeen that would be so magnified so quickly. So in the last two years, it's, it's shown that. So it's it's been it's been pretty neat. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm, I'm I've uh, I've late at night, late in bed night sometimes going. I don't know how we pulled this off, but uh, it just keeps getting better and better, and I and I like it because that number is eighty two or eighty three, and we're looking for ninety. Then we're going to look for a hundred. So exactly. Well, we know a lot of people know you've you've retired from uh, officiating basketball games. You got a couple more years, a couple more seasons here in, in football. After that, you're, you're hanging it up. But are you still going to be involved with officials versus cancer after you are fully retired? I think a lot of people would would want you to be. Is that something you want to do? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it's something that, I, you know, I, we're not done. You know, obviously, uh, and, and I, do I hand this thing off one of these days? You know, there's a chance I do that. But I, I'm I'm fully invested to the, to the point where, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna just, you know, say, okay, I've done it for six years. I'm, I'm retiring or eight years now after my football is over with in 23. But no, I'll, I'll keep doing this. Uh, I'll keep doing this until, 
till we you know we either get to a hundred percent and we re rethink where we're going to do with our our our, our money. The foundations like this, guys, are very difficult to start up. I mean, we we. We didn't do it right the first year. I'm not going to sit here and tell you. You know, I'm not beating my chest at all. We didn't do it right the first couple of years. We we were uh, we, we said, hey, won't you donate a game check, a, a game check, one of your games, one year. You know, that's that's seventy, depending on what you're calling. If it's a basketball game, it's seventy, eighty, ninety bucks, or a football game. So it was too much. I mean, you know, we went out there and we asked them for we asked them for too much the first year. So we backed that down the second year or two. Give us your twenty dollar donation. When we ask for twenty, some guys will say, "Yeah, here's my twenty. Here's my twenty. Here's my twenty. But here come here he'll come a guy that says, "Man, I like what you're doing. Here's a hundred dollar check." Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's we, we screwed that up the first year, and you know that you live and learn, and you know if you ever get ever done a fundraiser, you know you got to try it sometimes. It's not as easy as you think. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I was I got humbled pretty good the first year. We you know we just raised seven thousand bucks. And uh, you know, have a lot of guys donate their game game checks, and they go, "I can't believe people aren't doing this." Well, we got to get it where everybody wants to be involved in, not just five ten percent of it. So we've done that, and, it, and it's better. And we'll keep making small adjustments as we go. So, all right, one more time, how can uh, the folks listening get involved and be able to give their twenty bucks or whatever they want to give uh, to this cause? So, okay, if, uh, if you have a Venmo app, it's OK Officials VS Cancer. That's the access code to donate to it. And uh, we uh, we just put that money in the bank, and uh, it, it just sits there until next summer uh, in July, and we'll write the children's check. Altogether, the the five years we've done this, we've raised just about seventy five thousand bucks. And uh, like I said, it's not going for a person's salary at the children's hospital. It's not going for the guy sweeping the floors. It's going to the pediatric research cancer part of the hospital, and it's to help. It's to help pay the doctors. Uh, it's to help get the doctors to uh, to to research. Research and development's where it's all about. You know, you don't get from fifty. You don't get from fifty-four to eighty-three percent cure without a lot of research. And so that's what it's going to take. So we earmark our money, but, or you can, or you can, uh, you can actually, I've got an address. They can send their, they can send their, uh, donations to it. So the address is, is, uh, Oklahoma officials versus cancer box 608 Mountain View, Oklahoma. Seven, three, zero, six, two. That's a, that's another way to uh, that's another way to get involved with uh, with the uh, with the foundation and and you know I've said this ever since we started Oklahoma Oklahoma kids are, are affected by cancer at, at an alarming rate it's, it's leukemia it's cancer it's everything and we have a we have we have a foundation we have a hospital here in Oklahoma. That not every state has. Not every state has a children's hospital. So, if if your neighbor's kid gets sick, or your nephew, or your cousin, or your friend's kid gets sick, and they can't afford to be treated, children's hospital will take them in, and they'll treat this kid, and they won't charge him a penny. And that's that's pretty cool that they're doing this, and uh, because you know 
they're invested in the Oklahoma, the, the, the children of Oklahoma. And uh, this is another thing that I researched. Children's hospitals across the United States get fewer donations than all the other cancer institutes across the country. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. But but it's it's a fact. I mean, it's uh, there's there's a there's a fact out there. It's uh, it, it's crazy. Why we wouldn't donate more money to the cancer for the children right. as we do MD Anderson or anybody like that? But it's a fact. So it, that's another reason that. You know, to to send your twenty bucks, so it's uh, it, it's uh, they need it. They need the money. They need to keep 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 moving forward to get this uh, to get this, like you said, at a hundred percent skinny. Absolutely, hey Leland, thanks so much for all you're doing. Uh, we'll see you around the way. I'm sure at some point down the line uh, in district play or, or maybe even in the playoffs. Uh, you guys have a we got a, we got a big double header this week. We make the trip to Lawton. We got uh, you're going to be jealous, Kenny. I'm, we're going to Lawton Thursday. And we got uh, we got Eisenhower and Carl Albert. Friday morning, we go out to the Territory Golf uh-huh. Course and eighteen holes of golf with a with a retired coach there, a friend of mine, Coach Breeze. And then Friday night, we've got uh, Lawton High and Putnam City. So that's our yearly doubleheader we do down there, and it's, it's a fun trip. And we all go together, and uh, the group the group has a has a good time, and so it's this weekend so oh yeah that sounds fun. Uh, that'll be all kinds of good that, that golf course is awesome uh, no doubt about it and don't let ryan give you any any flack on, on friday uh because i'm sure oh no ryan probably did ryan's, ryan's right there with ryan's right there with maynard on this on this deal he you know when you i don't know I've, I've been real fortunate to have a good crew and guys really like my crew and you build good relationship when you have a positive positive uh, relationship with the coaches when you have a good crew right so man i've i've not i've not got anything bad to say about ryan breeze his dad randy is the reason and we're going down there randy randy hired us in 2003 after i met randy at the state tournament uh, 283-4a state tournament i refereed with him at the state mm-hmm. tournament so since then we've been going to lot and we just we just love going down there because it's it's a, it's a good it's a good place to work. Cameron, uh, Cameron University is where, we, where they play the game. So it's, it's a fun trip. But I will tell, I will tell Ryan what you said. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Hey, Leland, uh, thanks so much uh, for all you're doing. We'll get all that information on our, our Facebook page yeah. Yeah. and let people know where they can go to help the, uh, the cancer research that you guys are doing through officials versus cancer. Thanks so much, man. Have a great day. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on, guys. Absolutely. That is officials versus cancer. Leland Searcy there. Uh, just a, it's an awesome thing if you if you've never been in the yeah. state fair arena when when that happens it is so touching and it's very uh, moving yeah oh, no doubt and you know i've always wondered why they didn't pass the hat i mean it, it would take a lot, a of, lot. Of, of people yeah. and and you know that kind of thing but maybe there's got to be a way to get that done because yeah. that's a that's a perfect opportunity for people to donate to something that they're seeing the right. fruits of right. that labor. Yeah. You know, interesting fact I saw while we're wrapping things up. I mean, and I think I found the answer. Why? Why are places? Why is pediatric cancer research the less donated to? I think the common misconception is people think cancer is cancer, meaning one type of cancer can affect everybody. Pediatric cancer, and I looked this up according to cancer.org. Pediatric cancer, types of cancer that develop in children are often different from the types that develop in adults. 
So that's why it's important to, and I, hey, listen, all cancer needs researched, obviously, and, and, and donated too. But, um, just think about that. I mean, think about, you know, when you see officials versus cancer in your gym or at your field, give a few bucks, give a few bucks. Cause there is a difference in the, in the type of, uh, uh, type of cancers. So I think that's why people think, well, I'll just donate to to uh, the Anderson Center down in Houston. It'll, it'll, go it'll, to everything. it'll cover everything. That's not the case. It's not necessarily the case. So something worth thinking about. All right, I'm trying to pull this up here. All right, so yesterday a couple of uh, big time matchups that affected. The softball district standings at 4A1. Weatherford all but uh, clinched the district championship with a 5-3 win down at Cash. So Weatherford 10-1, and their only game left against Andadarko. Andadarko hasn't won a game in the district yet this season. So Weatherford avoids stubbing their toe against Andadarko, and they will be the district champs. Tuttle is locked in at number two. They're done with district games. They're ten and two. Elk City, courtesy of that Weatherford win over Cash, is now alone in third place, and they have one last game against Clinton. So if they can avoid the upset uh, at the hands of the Lady Reds, Elk City will be locked in at the third spot, which keeps them out of a play-in series. Uh, Cash would be fourth at six and five. Then Clinton and Woodward are still battling it out. For that fifth spot, which would um, come with the play-in series, the the Lady Reds, three wins to their credit in the district. Woodward with only two. Now Woodward has a game against Cash on Thursday. Clinton plays Elk City on Thursday, and then Woodward gets into Darko. So that's gonna boy howdy those the scores of these games uh, for Clinton and Woodward are gonna really matter if if one of them can play. If Clinton could play Elk City tough or Woodward play Cash tough, or even if Clinton could beat Elk City uh, and Woodward loses, then they're in, which would throw everything I just said into into a, uh, a conundrum. But it's it looks to me like, Jared, the scores of those games and, and how much Woodward can beat Anadarko by, how much Clinton loses to Elk City. You know, these, these things yeah. are all going to matter in who ends up fifth in that play-in series. Because right now Clinton's ahead with, with an extra win, and they're ahead in the run differential uh, by 11 runs. But just depending on how it goes, man, that, that, that could actually end up a one-run difference uh, in favor of the Lady Reds. <laughs> That'd be crazy. But that just, again, goes a testament to how tough this district is, right? Yeah, I'm going to try to figure out just quickly looking through the, the other things here. It looks like the Elkettes are headed to either Tecumseh or Perkins depending on how that district shakes out. Those two teams are tied atop at 10 with 10 and 1 records. And from uh, my la- little bit of research here just a second ago, uh district Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's not right. They are going to be headed to Lone Grove or Dixon if that thing flips. I was looking at the wrong one. So Lone Grove or Dixon looks like it'll be uh, where the Elkettes are headed. Uh, because one of those two is going to be the winner of District 3. So, just kind of glancing through there, it looks like that's where uh, the Elkettes will uh, be headed. And then either Clinton and Weatherford, or Clinton and Weatherford, Clinton or Woodward 
Looks like their play-in series is going to be against either Ada or Classen SAS. One of those two is going to finish fourth in District 2. Is that right? Yeah, let's see. District 2, 4, District 1, 5. So, yeah, I think. And that and that will be also at the same regional that Elk City's at. So, kind of a look ahead. Uh, I know districts start in a lot of places tomorrow for A and B. We'll have all that. Yeah. Go over the Bedlam stuff. Go over the uh, – get you prepared for, for conference play in the Big 12 and all around the country. Would you change some stuff? Would you change picks after what you've seen? I think there's one team in the Big 12 that probably needs to be involved in the conversation for Dallas that maybe wasn't so much, like for real, wasn't so much in the preseason. Who could that be? We'll tell you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.